Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, pick a loaf and... Mr. McLarge Huge. I've been singing this all afternoon. <laughs> I'm going to your story, and this is your world of air. This ain't no whole sweet home, it's a whole sweet misery. We knew when we got here, they tried to pull us away. But when they see us walk down the street, they ran the other way. We are back, and we are half of us plus a newbie. Yeah, I am the loaf, and with me, Jake McLarge, huge. Good evening, everybody. Sizom has a little bit of technical difficulties this week, so uh, Jake's coming into bats, running in for the hot tag, ladies and gents. Uh, so we threw a couple of uh, movies that we weren't planning on watching originally. We had to pick some quick ones on uh, Netflix Instant. Uh, the Quest from something something ninety something and uh, what's the other one? Sudden Death from yeah. also ninety five, I think. Both Jean Claude movies. The name of this episode shall be Jean Claude McLarge Huge. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I've been better. I know. Got a belly oh, full oh. of half of, of overcooked lasagna. I'm going to get sleepy in about 30 minutes, so <laughs> the energy of the show will dive completely. That's all right. I, I eat a bunch of pizza and some pasta. Yeah. My... Oh, you're going to crash, too. It's going to be oh, great. Yeah. It's got my glass of Sprite. I got a candle going. I need to light some incense. It's going to start stinking in here, too, I think. Yeah. All right. Turn this fucking music down. Um, so we're going to do the movie soon. Um, do you have, by chance... A list of what maybe you've been watching lately, movie-wise, sir. Or TV uh, or whatever. Comic books. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, I have just a couple movies. Um, I know I've watched... Ooh, don't want to burn myself. Um, just a couple films and a TV show. So, yeah. Um, the, one of the movies I watched, I actually just finished up today. is something that I recommended as a possible... Or a movie for the show today, and that's Interview with a Hitman, which is a Luke Goss joint. Is that on? That's on Instant, right? Yeah, yeah, it just got added. Nice. Um, and he's, you know, like a lot of people have seen him in Blade Two. He played the main bad guy. He played the main bad guy in Hellboy Two, but he's also been in some direct-to-video sequels, like the Death Race movies, and some random nondescript action movies. So, and he's the guy that I've always liked. Um, he's, he always seemed like an interesting guy, but sometimes he's good. Sometimes he's just, you know, uh, <laughs> a shittier version of Statham <laughs> um, or like a, like a diet Statham or something like that. You know, mm. he's not as, he's not as jacked. He's kind of gaunt looking. Mm. I guess it comes from the rock star thing. I don't know. But uh, yeah, th- th- this is, uh, interview with a hitman, and 
it was pretty good. I was actually pretty shocked. Um, I, I, I read a couple reviews prior to watching, and one it, one reviewer made an express purpose to point out that the director had two master's degrees in filmmaking. Oh, okay. Um, Although we, we we all know that doesn't really mean jack shit, but um, uh, it, no, it was good. It was you know for being a direct to video action movie, it was surprisingly um, subtle, I guess, mm-hmm. or at least you know it wasn't trying to hit the same beats. It had like a strong uh, synth heavy score, and it mainly took place in like Belarus and shit like that. And you know there were a lot of quiet moments, and some of it worked, some of it didn't. It had like a like three snaps and a twist kind of ending. <laughs> I think was like, that, uh, I think that area like Belarus and place like that, mm. I think that's a hotbed for filming action movies. It must be cheap or something to film over there. Yeah. Just the whole Eastern European mm-hmm. region, you know, plus you can get good production value cause they got, you know, really good looking architecture yeah, as yeah. well as a bunch of, you know, bombed out factories and stuff like that. But this was surprisingly good. It's only about 90 minutes. It's a short watch and, it's I don't know if you could say it's mature, so to speak, but it's definitely not brain dead action shit. You know, um, it's got a little bit of heart, a little bit of soul, but you know, it's good. Um, and I watched a movie that a lot of people enjoy, uh, or at least there's been a lot of talk about it. And <laughs> my dog's walking around, and my, my, my girlfriend's trying to not like intrude on the show, so she's you know miming like crazy <laughs> to get him on the bed. He just not responding. <laughs> Tell her she needs to cut her damn toenails. Oh, it's the dog. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, the the movie I watched was John Dies at the End. Yeah. Um, and the and this is also a Netflix instant one. I think I watched it sometime last week, and this was. <sighs> I this is a movie that like I I 50% loved and 50% hated Um, and I think it really just comes down to uh, maybe the dialogue Mm -hmm. just drove me up the fucking wall I was gonna say if if you're a reader check out the book but if you don't like the dialogue that's how the whole book is written sure I I mean I think it it might work a little better written reading it that way than having it because it just I mean uh, Maybe I just I, I only want Chuck Palahniuk and Chuck Palahniuk movies, you know. Yeah, and it, it felt very heavy on that, and so I was just it, it, and it because it was voiceovered for the most part, you know, a lot of that kind of snitch. Uh, yeah, that, that's, snappy dialogue. That, that's, that's how the book is written too. It's all all in his brain, all in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like with the movie, you've got like two different layers of storytelling going on. You've got him saying stuff, and you've got you know what's on the screen. And I think because it was narrated so heavily, and because it was written like that, it just I, I just kept wanting to say enough, enough, I get <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, or like, uh, but. Uh, if anyone other than Don Coscarelli directed this, this probably would have been a total shit fest. Like this could have been tragic to watch. I'm curious if they'll do, if they'll try the second book, um, I, which I haven't read, but the, there's a second book um, called this book is full of spiders. So <laughs> I'm curious if they will see, I'm curious to see if they'll try that. I don't know. I mean, we'll see how, I guess how this one does monetarily. Sure, which, which is kind of funny because there's a great line in um, Sudden Death about spiders. <laughs> oh my god, that was so that was so wrong. They totally. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. It just made me think it was. Like, we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, John dies at the end. Like there was a lot of it that I really, really enjoyed. You know, some of the 
uh, sketchy effects work. I didn't mind at all. It didn't yeah. bother me. Um, and then, there's no dog toy squeaking. It's all right. <laughs> all right. But, um, yeah, it, it was something that I just enjoyed, but, um, you know, some of the dialogue, it was just kind of, uh, bothered me a bit, but, you know, I like the spirit of it. I like some of the crazier shit going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I really liked this vibe. It just didn't totally work for me. But uh, and the other thing that I've been watching a lot lately is Spartacus. The new, uh, a new season? No, no. I've been uh, watching from the first season. Oh, cool. Okay. Because, like, this, this is something that Death Rattle Aaron has been, you know, championing for quite some time. And... I remember, like way back when Stars had their deal with Netflix, and you could watch the Stars stuff on there as it was happening, like mm-hmm. their TV shows, Party Down, and this. Uh, I watched the first episode of this at work. Uh, l- luckily, back then my my computer was in a corner, so people couldn't watch the, all the flying dongs and tits and you know blood and shit. But the first episode felt like really, really try hard to be three hundred. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like a a, a a a weird mix of Xena and you know <laughs> three hundred, you know because it's the whole Sam Raimi thing. But um, you know uh, because he kept shaping him because I had extra time on my on my hands. I decided to revisit the first season, actually watch it through, and I'm one episode away from the finale of the first season, and it is kicking like so much ass. <laughs> it is so fucking good, and it's not like. You know, like, you know, so cheesy, it's good. Like, parts of it are just legit, really well done and yeah, really I've, intelligent. I've been told to watch that one. I was, I, it's very hard for me to start. I think I've said this plenty of times on the show. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so hard for me to get into TV shows because I don't want to, I don't know, I just never want to spend the time with it. Because, well, I mean, we just finished Fringe, my wife and I. Oh, um, mm-hmm. And we. You know, we we powered through that, but that was the first show we had watched from pretty much from start to finish since Lost, and that was you know that ended what over a, two, a year and a half ago. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah so uh, we're trying to figure out now what the next show will be, but it's just hard for me to like just sit down with. It. I mean, even with Game of Thrones, it's like I mm-hmm. watched like three, four episodes, and it's like I've never, I still don't have the big urge to keep going back and tackling it because it just takes me a long time to get into shows, even if they're great. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's understandable. It's you know a time thing. It's a mm-hmm. commitment thing. And but like if, if you just want a really trashy TV show, you know, not just because it has like you know tits and blood and all sorts of <laughs> garish nonsense. Like this is the perfect show because it is really trashy, but it'll surprise you in ways that you don't anticipate in terms nice. of its um, intelligence and you know how it uh, sets certain plot elements up. It's pretty. It's pretty fucking amazing, and it is it is legit like suffocatingly homoerotic. <laughs> like there there is one like his best friend is looks like the dude from Blue Lagoon if he was super jacked. Mm-hmm. Like he's got that big poofy curly like like platinum blonde hair. You know you've got dudes with their dongs flopping around because they're hanging out in the bathhouse, <laughs> and it is. It it is a it's a sight to behold. It's a it's a fucking awesome show. Nice, uh, but uh, that's really been the lion's share. Oh, and I've been watching this uh, series of Japanese specials called um, uh, they're called like the Batsu Games, mm-hmm. and I won't go into it too much. But basically, the setup is you've got these five comedians and they put them in a scenario like you know 
for 24 hours, you got to, you know, quote unquote, work at this hospital. And you go there, these guys go there, and basically, if they laugh, then these guys dressed up in these like SM gear just come up and hit their ass with a bat. <laughs> and so, like, they come up with all these contrived scenarios to make everyone laugh. Like, in one scene, they go to a, um, they're like, oh, we're going to meet the director of the hospital. And they go in there, and the only thing in the room is a tanning bed. <laughs> and then it opens up and out pops Sonny Chiba. <laughs> For real? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you just, they just start laughing. There's one part where there's like a, a famous actor in a Corvette, and all these nurses are like treating him like a rock star. And he's like, oh, I'll come out to see you. And he jumps out of the car, and he drops into like this, like, um, covered pit. And so he just kind of like <laughs> drops into nothing, and they laugh. And it's, it. it's like preposterous shit. That's funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's all I've been watching. Uh, it was nostalgia week for me. Um, I watched, um, well, after, I don't remember who chose it. it Maybe have been an oily maniac. Somebody chose Pretty in Pink for us to, or, or music for the show last week. So I watched, I, I, I said, I'm going to watch that. And I did. And I watched Pretty in Pink. And I also watched 16 Candles immediately afterwards. <laughs> um, you know, two, two classics for me. You know, I think maybe it, it's, it's unusual if somebody dislikes those of a certain age, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they're, they're not overly deep or anything. I just, you know, they're, they're go-tos. They've seen them on TV a billion times, and I own them all. So, um, I did not watch Weird Science as I was planning, but instead decided to go to License to Drive, Ooh. the Corey Haim, Corey Feldman. Now, this movie, if you think <laughs> I've seen Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles a lot, this fucking movie, I don't know why. <laughs> I would literally watch this like once a week when it came out. Like when it came, well, I didn't own the home video, but we recorded it on Showtime or Cinemax. Mm-hmm. And this, with National Lampoon's European Vacation, I probably watched more than any other comedy as as a kid. And I don't, I don't know why, but I used to fucking die laughing with the guy, the drunk man in the in the front seat of the caddy throwing up and stuff. I would just rewind it and watch that over and over again. Something about that movie just stuck with me, and it's still. I mean. It's a bad, not, it's, I mean, it's bad, but yeah, Heather Graham's really hot and I don't know. It's, it's still, it's still nostalgia for me. I still like it just because it's like, it's like Tango and Cash. That's another one I watched repeatedly. Um, <laughs> and even if it doesn't matter how bad they are now, I'll still like them just because of that. But well, th- that funny enough, that, that is one I watched a lot because it was always on one of those premium channels at my grandpa's, but it was like, <laughs> it was, it was between that men at work with uh, Emilio Estevez mm-hmm, yeah. and Charlie Sheen as the garbage man. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the Richard Grieco movie. I think that's one called like License to Kill or I something like that. that I haven't seen that one. Oh, that's amazing. He becomes, you know, he goes on like a, a student vacation thing to Paris and they think he's a spy and all sorts <laughs> of goofy shit happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, um, let's see. I watched uh, Amazing Spider-Man which I had not seen. I, I've been putting mm. off comic book movies. It was, a, it was, it was pretty good for me. Um, still like it better than Thor. Not my favorite comic book movie, but you know, it wasn't overly offensive. I know a lot of people hate this one, but eh, <laughs> it was like, it, it was kind of a, I guess a retelling of like, they kind of twisted the history of Spider-Man a little bit and made it a mm-hmm. little more, I don't know what, how to describe it. Maybe incestuous, um, <laughs> not literally, Peter Parker sure. and his sister or something just to, you know his parents being involved in a way that they weren't before and and him already being involved with the Osborne corporation and stuff and but I you know I mean the lizard I thought was pretty pretty good pretty well done and 
Um, I, I, I did like the scenes with, um, what's his name, Garfield? Yeah, Andrew um, Garfield. I, I, I liked when he was kind of discovering his the fact that like he was fucking super powered. He was breaking the fucking <laughs> sink and the doorknob and everything was sticking to his hands. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, because I mentioned on the group that I didn't like it that much, but I, I agree in that it's not like... I'm not with bad James and think it's the worst shit. On no, the no, I mean, it, it's not one I'll ever buy, but you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not pissed. I watched it. And, but then I watched ghost rider and I am pissed that I watched <laughs> that. that fucking movie was fucking trash. It was, it, 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 now it has amazing moments and they all involve Nicolas Cage acting ridiculous, but God damn, some of the stuff in this movie was just, let's get on with it already. Like, I don't even remember the dude, the, the villain's name. He was so fucking oh. bland. Ugh. I don't, even, I don't think I ever watched it. Don't it's it's it would be better in a highlight reel of Nicolas Cage acting silly <laughs> because the story is just kind of dumb. Like I I like the whole. I I think Ghost Rider is a really fucking cool character. I started reading the classic comics this week too. So, and um, but I don't know. It's done very hammy, which I like. But then like the love story with him and Eva Mendes is pretty brutal, and the the villain <laughs> is just not good. And the story, it gets on too long. It's over two hours long. It's like, fuck, it doesn't need this. Yeah. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man was over two hours long, but there's a difference in these two movies. (laughs) Yeah. There's like a preloaded, like dramatic arc to Peter Parker. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is, they get get the origin of him out of the way in like 10 minutes of Ghost Yeah, which should be a good thing. (sighs) Yes. But then you go for two hours longer. So I went back to, uh, I went back to nostalgia. I watched Bull Durham. Um, uh, this is, this, this movie always hits home for me because I've, I live right in this area and it's cool seeing, um, the old Durham, Durham Bulls park. Well, they called it, they used to call it the Durham athletic park and, or the, maybe the Bulls athletic park. It was called the BAP and now it's the Durham Bulls athletic park, the new one. And they call it the DBAP. So, um, <laughs> but it's just, it's cool. Like hearing, hearing fucking Hollywood stars saying stuff like Winston Salem spirits and, and, uh, mm-hmm. the Asheville tourists, you know, all these t- local teams and stuff that I saw growing up and the, the Carolina league, which doesn't exist anymore. Really? Well, that's awesome. The, not, not in the same way, but yeah. Oh well, yeah. The, the most Cincinnati has is airborne. Yeah. Which is, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny. The, um, there's, I, the, I do like when movies, uh, are filmed here too. Like, um, another baseball movie, Mr. Destiny, which is not oh. great, but it was filmed where I grew up, um, when I was in school. So I remember everybody talking about it, like the big thing. And it's, it's really weird seeing parts of Winston Salem in this fucking movie. It doesn't take place in Winston Salem, but it was filmed <laughs> there. And, um, same as, um, 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 I just lost it. Uh, fuck, I'll think about it. I'll, I'll, I'll probably remember it after I move on to something else. Um, I watched another shitty movie called Shepherd or Cyber City. Um, I got mm. this because it had Roddy Roddy Piper in it, but it's mostly <laughs> a C. Thomas Howell movie. Um, it's kind of like, well, it's another one of those like Demolition Man ripoffs, like the society has moved underground kind of movies. He mm. plays like a a hitman for a religious cult, and Roddy Roddy Piper plays like a, a like a priest, but he's just not in it enough. C. Thomas Howell just is he's a glass of warm milk and his goatee sucks. He's got this big fat nineties goatee. Oh, oh that's sad. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not a, not a fan of the nineties the goatee. 
Yeah, baby faces with facial hair. Mm-hmm. It's um, a rough proposition. Let's see. And after I watched the quest today, I did. I had to cleanse my palate a little. Spoiler <laughs> alert on the on a tournament movie. So I watched Enter the Dragon, which oh. I haven't seen in quite a while. Which always fun. Um, I did. I did pose the question on the Facebook group. Why does um, Hans, Mr. Hans' first claw have fur on it? Which was always bizarre to me. <laughs> he pulls out this fucking claw out of his pocket, and it's got fur on the back of it for no reason at all. The knife hand doesn't have fur. Why does the fucking claw have fur? But uh, that's decorative. Yeah, I guess it looked really bad. But I like I, I, I like that movie a lot. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a classic for a reason, and you yeah. know it's entertaining. Bruce Lee's doing his shit. Chong Lee's doing his shit. Bolo, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, Yang, yeah, it's good Yang stuff. Zee. And yeah, they call I like that they call him Bolo in the movie. I guess that's where he got the name, right? I guess so. Yeah, mm. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not too uh, up to speed on my Bolo God, knowledge, amazing. but I did read that he was 50 years old during blood sport which blew my fucking mind. Yeah, he's he's a he's been a senior citizen like longer than I've fucking been an adult. So <laughs> Yeah, there's that YouTube video where Jean-Claude Van Damme and Bolo are hanging out in a restaurant and Jean-Claude looks older than Bolo. <laughs> he's still Yeah, I think he owns a gym, like works still works out and shit. So. Yeah, and yeah. I think the I think the coke finally caught up with Van Damme. Yeah, and, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, he looks pretty bad. Yeah, Although he looked really young in the quest. When was the, when was the quest made? I guess like we could 96. talk about this. Yeah, God, he still looked really fucking young in that. He looked younger <laughs> in the quest than he did in Sudden Death. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, and then the well, I didn't I didn't finish it yet. But my wife rented uh, Hitchcock at the Redbox, and um, mm. I've, I'm about three quarters of the way through it. It's all right. It's you know, it's. It's okay. Like, what's it even about? Like, I don't it's, even know what. It's about it Hitchcock getting Psycho made. Oh, it, okay. it starts uh, with the release of North by Northwest, and then um, and it's but it's not like a docudrama or anything like that. It kind of goes into this whole thing where he's be- getting obsessed with Ed Gein, and mm. there's kind of drawing some parallels with the relationship with his wife and the relationship he has with Janet Lee and it's okay. I mean, it's my, uh, my wife said it was boring and maybe, maybe it, it's a little slow, but it's all right, I guess. Um, <laughs> Anthony, uh, now this, this is where that could get confusing. Cause I know will confused Perkins and Hopkins and this, <laughs> this makes it even doubly confusing. So, okay. Anthony <laughs> Hopkins is pretty good in it. And I don't even know the guy's name that plays Anthony Perkins, but he's pretty interesting too. And Scarlett, okay. jo- Scarlett Johansson is good as Janet Lee and she's super hot. Okay, it just wasn't the Oscar bait it wanted to be. I no, no, no. I mean, he's yeah. he's he's going for it, and it's it's it was really weird because I've seen Hopkins movies where, you know, he is like like um, what was the motorcycle one he did? Um, uh, like World's fastest, fastest Indian, Indian or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And you don't think about fucking Hannibal Lecter at all in that. And this one, he's laying in bed in one scene, and he like wakes up from a nightmare, and his mouth looks like Hannibal Lecter. Like, and he does it. I'm like, yikes! Like it, it looked really creepy. <laughs> so, and that's what I got, I'll have to finish that. So I might bring it up on the show next week. So, and um, I went back since I did say I finished Fringe, um, and uh, bravo to the the crew of Fringe. I I was very worried that it was going to end like Lost, which. I still argue with people about. I just, ugh. but the the end of Fringe was not anything groundbreaking, but it was it was good good fan service. Everybody got their time. I liked it a lot. So, well, that's great to hear. Yuri and I were 
really into Fringe up through the end of season three, and it was because we started not liking it. We just kind of fell off the yeah, the wagon, so to speak. It's uh, well, season four is all on Amazon Prime. Mm. Um, season five can be found, and <laughs> it's not out on DVD yet. So, sure. um, but uh, you know, it's if 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 you liked all the way through season three, you know, keep it going. That season four gets a little weird because of the whole time thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for time travel stuff anyway. Just uh, even if, even if it's done, like, cause it's so not reality. I don't mm-hmm. care. Like as long as it's not just dumb, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I always like how people use time travel stuff. Um, and that's why I, I started watching Dr. Who again this week. So that mm. whole thing, like there's a really, a really cool episode I watched where I'm, I'm still in season six of, of, uh, the new who, um, there's a really cool episode where the three of them get, um, split up into two different rooms uh, that travel, that move at different rates of time. They oh. can still, they could still communicate with each other. Um, mm-hmm. but they're trying to rescue the girl from the, the other room that travels that speeds. It's basically sped up time. And when they finally find her or find her, she's like 39 years older. Um, nerd, Good. It's I love that fucking show, man. <laughs> right on. Um, and that was it. That's all I watched. Nice. So I've been busier than I thought. I thought I wasn't going to watch much this week, and then I just started piling them on. So that fucking C. Thomas Howell movie was such garbage. <laughs> Ugh. Did you think it was just a Roddy Piper? I thought vehicle? it was. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was yeah. like the whole like going on on Cinemageddon and saying Roddy, looking up Roddy Piper, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, Shepard, a fucking sci-fi movie with Roddy. Oh no, never mind. <laughs> it's not well, very good. Well, you, you, we all kind of know what we're getting into when we, you know, go that route on cinema again. Yeah, yeah. Especially with you know mid '90s action movies, mm-hmm. like yeah. the, like the Quest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, let's take a break and come back and uh, uh, let's talk about. Well, no, let's talk about the Quest first. <laughs> we'll get that out of okay. the way. We'll be right back. No one would have believed in the first years of the 21st century that Hammer films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. No one could have dreamed that Amicus films were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility that this area of film still had anything to offer. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own regarded this podcast with envious eyes, and slowly and surely they drew their plans against it. The Hamacus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus, and every tenuous link in between. Hamacus.com and iTunes. Cheers. I was too lazy to pull the YouTube music this week. <laughs> I just to pick some shit off iTunes.
first film of the day, The Quest. I did say The Quest, right? Um, Fuck, I don't even have IMDb up. The Quest. (laughs) Listen to some Zeppelin while I look this up. All right. Ooh, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. What? I know. And directed by... (gasps) Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs) Was this the only thing he ever directed? No, he's directed other other movies. I'll tell you what. I I like Dolph's move to directing much better. Oh, he only directed one other thing. Soldiers. From 2010. Original title, The Eagle Path. Anyway... Back to the quest. Um, 1996, uh, directed by JCVD, as I said. Chris, oh, come on. They could have come up with a better name than that. Did he write this shit, too? Uh, he wrote it with Frank Dukes, which tells you a lot. Oh, tells you Dukes. a lot. Frank Dukes. Yeah, Chris Dubois. How did Frank Dukes, he's, he's acted in shit. How did he not, how did he not act in... Didn't he? Didn't he have to something? What did he do in Bloodsport? Like, why didn't he? That was based on his real life, right? Like, why didn't he fucking? He if he acted in stuff, he acted in stuff before Bloodsport. Yet he still did not act in Bloodsport Be, because he was so busy acting, like yeah. it was actually happened that you know he didn't have enough time to. Yeah. Plus, um, he's not a good-looking guy. I like Bloodsport. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I don't like this the quest. Is... Um, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chris embarks on an uh, this this fucking uh, plot summary is bad. That's uh, long. All right, Chris embarks on an odyssey of self discovery that spans the globe. I think Jean Claude Van Damme wrote this too. Yeah. Um, somebody named Kroll <laughs> wrote it. T Kroll, um, kidnapped and enslaved by gun smugglers, sold by pirates, and thrust into the murky underworld of gambling and kickboxing. Chris's journey takes him to forbidding Muay Thai Island. Muay Thai Island? Is that really what it was called? Oh, yeah. Where yeah, they... deadly martial arts are taught. The, co- the colonial splendor of British, British East Asia. The dank back alley. Jesus Christ. It's um, a yeah, so uh, basically he's forced into a tournament and yeah, and he he beats up Dexter's dad to get there. Um, <laughs> so, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Roger Moore looking old and James Remar for somehow, in, in some way, not looking old. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I, that's one of my notes. Like, when did James Remar start looking old? Because he looks definitely old, like in Dexter and stuff, but he fucking looks still young in this. So, sometime oh. between 96 and 2006, he, he aged pretty quick, so... Oh, that's what they say about boxers. One day you wake up and you're old. So, <laughs> and he is a boxer in this movie. <laughs> Put up your Duke style. He needed a more a better mustache, though. He, he needed a much yeah. better mustache. So anyway, Mister yes. McLarge Huge, I chose this movie and I apologize. But what did you think <laughs> of the quest? Um, it's a movie that is based on the real life. Martial art tournament exploits of Frank Dukes, <laughs> uh, and it's it's a story by him. It's I don't I can't remember if it's written by Jean Claude Van Damme, but it's directed by him. And this is really in the height of his mid nineties coke haze. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really all you need to know about this film. To it's 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 it's, it's oddly paced. I really don't understand how. He, 
he goes from street urchin to fighting champion back to like New York gangster, but we'll we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah, we'll get to that because the movie opens up with Chris Dubois, and he's, he's a fucking old dude. He's this old geezer, you know. He's a a wise and worldly man. He walks to a bar, and there's some punks that come in there, and he kicks some ass. He does the same kind of goofy shit he did in Kickboxer, where he beats them up while sitting sitting at the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you can kind of catch like an undercurrent of reliving past glories in this movie. Yeah. Uh, that's one of them. But you can tell early on that this is a a sincerely uh, portrayed film because it has that sweeping orchestral score, <sighs> and it, it 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 harkens you back. And you know you can tell he really really wanted this to be a sweeping epic of some sort. Was this in the theaters? Yes. Oh God! It was the last of his like five picture deal with uh, whatever studio he's with Universal. Universal, yeah. Yeah, it was the last one, and this was, this was, I think, the right after Sudden Death, and I think, uh, as we may talk about in Sudden Death, there is a severe drop off from that point onward. How the fuck does like Southern, Sudden Death and this have the same, pretty much the same like user rating on IMDb? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I do not know. Maybe cause... everybody that saw this, oh my god, twelve thousand people have rated this fuck. Um, this is it's, maybe the people who have seen this have not seen Bloodsport. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Well, this movie is so much more than just Bloodsport, Sunny, because. <laughs> Yeah, this takes place in the mid twenties for some fucking reason. Um, and it, like you know, it was long ago, and then you hear a big gong sound and mm. all this bullshit. Well, and they like like the, uh, just watching Enter the Dragon. It's it proves that you can you can set a a, a secret martial arts tournament or blood sport. You could set it current day with. I guess they I guess they needed an excuse for pirates. Yeah, and they couldn't yeah. set it in the 1860s because it would take way too long to get somewhere. So they needed to set it where they have motors on the boats. Yeah, because um, he relished that pirate scene. You know? yeah. Like it was so shoddily um, executed, <laughs> but you know he loved people on their pneumatic catapults flying around and swinging <laughs> on shit. Uh. And for some fucking reason. Jean-Claude Van Damme desperately wanted to be a street performer in clown makeup. And that's the first thing you see him <laughs> with a big fucking hat. Yeah, with a giant floppy hat. Like a like a it's like a, if a newsie like a a 10-year-old <laughs> newsie wore a grown man's oversized hat. That's how big it was. <laughs> if they handed him like three hats, he's like, "No, no, no, bigger. Bigger. <laughs> bigger. Bigger. Bigger floppy hat." Uh, I don't know where my accent went there, but Yeah, whatever. Close yeah. enough. And the best thing about it is that this is the same scene where he like he spurns this gangster saying he works for no one. And it's like this moment where we, we see his resolve and dignity, but he's wearing fucking clown makeup and he's on stilts. <laughs> stilts. Yeah. So uh. it, like this is showing you his disconnect. This <laughs> this disconnect that runs through the whole movie. It's so sincere. It's so earnestly made, mm. but it's so tone deaf. Mm. Like he just sees himself as you know the hero of the children, because <laughs> like <laughs> you've got this hero complex and you've got the Frank Dukes martial arts tournament bullshit. You combine those two very different things, and you get this movie. You get pirates. You get Muay Thai Island. 
You know, you get you're you're combining this like youthful exuberance of like stuff Jean Claude Van Damme liked when he was younger, but you're combining that with an egotistical Belgian kickboxing cokehead. Like you smash that two together, and you kind of know what you're getting into. Like this movie wants to be Lawrence of Arabia with spin kicks, but it's not. (laughs) It's Lawrence of Arabia two. (laughs) <laughs> Lawrence Err. Um, but luckily, I mean, we, we'll say this. It wants to be an epic, but it 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 is wisely only 90 minutes long. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's largely why horrific. I picked it, too. I, I could have picked Lionheart, but I went with this because it was 90 minutes. Now, I kind of regret this decision, but <laughs> at least sure. I get to see the quest, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I can now say that I've seen the quest. Yeah. And so, like... He, He's he's set up as this man among the children who they all look up to because he's so awesome and shit. Um, I don't know how this random French dude is hanging out in Brooklyn, but whatever. Um, Some shit happens, and for some reason he feels the need to escape the authorities, even though he was defending himself and stuff, but whatever. He ends up on a boat pouring poop into the sea. He also grows a beard. I I think he got a little on his hand, I noticed. Yeah, it's his <laughs> it bucket. On him. Yeah, his bucket chucking technique was not up to snuff. Um, I wrote down action movie rule number thirty-seven. If if your hero is going to be in chains, make sure he's in a position to be properly flexed and oiled. <laughs> well, I was just talking about Action Jackson yeah, a couple days ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and in in this little segment, we get to see Roger Moore as Admirable Dobbs. Or now, before you, before you go all the way to the sea, did you notice? I'm going to look it up to make sure that I'm not just making it up. Um, did you notice one of the street urchins? Uh, maybe it wasn't him. Fuck. Uh oh. I really thought one of the kids was a very, very young Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> what? I, I don't see his name in here, though. There's the, the kid that gets shot in the shoulder. I was uh, like, was that fucking Ryan Reynolds? I didn't rewind it to, bo- I didn't bother looking. And now that I see, and now that I'm looking through, I don't see his name. But man, that kid looked a lot like him. Granted, he might have been that kid might have been too young. I don't know how old Ryan Reynolds would have been in '96, but Ryan Reynolds was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, a secret between friends, a moment of truth movie. What, what year was he? Do you know what year he was born? Uh, Get out your Ryan Reynolds Tiger Beat <laughs> poster and see when he was. Um, he was in 76. I don't see him. Oh, never mind. He would have been way too old. Okay. Well, there's a kid that looks remarkably like Ryan Reynolds that gets shot in the shoulder. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was on the X-Files playing a character named Jay Boom Da Boom. Nice. <laughs> Which is nice. Holy shit. Ryan Reynolds is two days younger than me. Oh. I had no idea we were that close. He's got the same birthday as my wife. Well, minus plus minus two years. My wife's born in seventy eight, but I'm, I'm October twenty first, seventy six. So, well, look at what he's done with his life. <laughs> Think about it. Fuck. Think about it. Uh, so yeah, back to the quest. Oh right. Because really, life is just a quest when you think about it. Yeah. You know, it's just Ryan Reynolds' quest has been better than yours. Much better. And mine, but whatever. Uh, he doesn't have Roger Moore in his life. At least that we're aware of. He might. Uh, yeah. Um, and Roger Moore plays a character named Admiral, Admiral Dobbs, which is about the same name as Admiral Fish and Chips. How did they, how did they convince Roger Moore to be in this movie? <laughs> Money, man. Money, and he had nothing to do, I suppose. It did say on IMDb Trivia that this was his least favorite movie. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. <laughs> Ahead of Cannonball Run. In <laughs> the scene where he, you know, swashbuckles and they do that whole nonsense where, you know, they rented some pneumatic catapults and just launched people into <laughs> the air. <laughs> um, he, he says so sincerely, this is kind of the word of the day here, that he's going to take him to Muay Thai Island. Mm. But she kind of like says with the same relish as like you know Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> I'm take you to Muay Thai Island. Everyone knows that's bullshit. There's no such fucking thing. But whatever. Muay Thai Island. Maybe, maybe there was in 1925. Yeah. What do I know? There's no internet back then. I can't corroborate that. You know, mm-hmm. Frank Dukes has got me there. Uh, hey, but, and, uh, and, and as I as I learned in. Um, in Enter the Dragon today, that that the island that Mr. Han owned used to be they it didn't own it didn't belong to a country anymore. So Muay Thai Island might have been a thing at one point. You never know, and, <laughs> and when your historical you know uh, expert is Frank Dukes, you know he, he, <laughs> you know he's fact checked that shit. He's checked with himself and said, "Yeah, it's true." Oh, that's totally true. Yeah, uh, one of the basic tenets of Muay Thai Island or Muay Thai in general is be ready at all times. That basically means that any snot-nosed Thai can just kick the back of your leg. Yeah, if you if, if in this movie, if you practice Muay Thai, you're probably an asshole. Yeah, that's how they justify it. And the funny thing is, once he like supposedly learns their ways, and we see him in the ring, he just does this Jean-Claude Van Damme karate bullshit. He doesn't was, even use Muay really, Thai. Yeah, I was really hoping he would be doing throwing some knees and stuff. but well, He hit that dude with an elbow later on in the movie. That's the most we've seen of yeah. Muay Thai. But it's that, that dude that we will call not Bolo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, obviously there's not a whole lot of awesome things to say about this movie, but like you compare the budgets between this movie and sudden death, they both cost $30 million. Ooh. And like, you can say what you will about JCV's excesses, but like, I would have anticipated this probably would have cost a lot more. Um, just because I'd imagine, you know, th- this movie looks like a, a $30 million picture, but I would have anticipated him, like, pissing away at least 40 more because <laughs> he's the guy in charge. Uh, maybe he had a producer that with an iron fist. <laughs> maybe. Not an iron enough fist, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah. Um, and I think one of the one of the things that's wrong with this movie is that he's playing such a, a do-goody, two-shoes kind of character and that just doesn't when you've got an action star who has limited acting range don't let him be someone he's not yeah you know he's a brash kickboxer you know he shouldn't be constantly worried about the children well it you know did did they even say before he became a fighter did they say that he was doing this for the kids well because i was very confused i was like why does he want this dragon so bad all of a sudden there's no reason his whole thing was I promise I'll come back home. I yeah. mean, he could have gone back home whenever, man. Like, yeah, why he didn't gets to Ireland. Obviously, <laughs> he's not, like, marooned there. He well, he was sold, start. though, so somebody did, they kind of owned him. Like, I think Roger uh-huh. Moore sold him. I don't... <laughs> it's stupid. I like that Roger Moore played a pirate pirate. <laughs> uh, and he wore a Dracula outfit at one point, which is pretty stupid looking. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bella Lugosi Dracula yeah, wait, wait. not Gary Oldman Dracula <laughs> but that would have been awesome too 
That would have been way more awesome. Um, the the Carrie Newton character, who is just you know a nondescript blonde. Oh. Uh, some of the candidates for her were Madonna and Tatum O'Neill. And <laughs> who, and, who? What is this chick's name? Uh, I'll look it up. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, but it turns out that it would have been Tatum O'Neill, but according to IMDb, their quote-unquote romance faltered. Uh-oh. So I guess he wanted to fuck her, and maybe they did or maybe they didn't, but apparently things didn't work out, so he's like, well, I'm not going to be around her because... Her name is Janet Gunn, and she's also known for Carnosaur 3 Primal Species. Released the same year as the quest. <laughs> well, there you go. Because I mean, it's not like the movie really tried to play up the romantic chemistry. No. So it's pretty obvious Jean Claude Van Damme just wanted to fuck someone. She's cute. Yeah, yeah. But you know, she's no Madonna. Or no. Tim, you know, but, you know, what can you do? So yeah, the movie trudges along, but we finally get to the point where you know Chris Dubois he turns into a fight master and. Basically gets Roger Moore's help to fight for the Golden Dragon in the Lost City. How did the, uh, and then I, I missed this too? How did Roger Moore figure out that the that what was his name? The stupid boxer name Maxi something. Yeah, Maxi, Maxi Divine. Divine. How did he figure out that Maxi <laughs> Divine had an invitation to this to this fucking secret tournament? Oh, that's a porn star name if I've ever heard. Oh, Maxi Divine, gross. <laughs> it's a it's a chick's porn name. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think like Maxie, <laughs> Maxie was just in town and they kind of figured it out from there. Mm, I don't, yeah. I could, I couldn't say, um, there's this, this, uh, Mongolian named Khan, uh, um, who kind of looks like a roided up Frank Zappa. Uh, he's basically <laughs> the big bad guy. Well, he's supposed to be Bolo and he's so not. Yeah. yeah he's supposed to be the Chong Lee of the movie and he's got, no personality, no like Ugh. look to him. You know, he just looks like a, a, a fighting game character. You yeah. know, and I fucking let me tell you, when I saw Bloodsport back in the day, I fucking hated Bolo in that movie, <laughs> not in a good way, like the way yeah. you're supposed to hate him. And the, this guy was just like, Bleh. yes, yeah. I know they're gonna fight the final fight. They have to. You know what? I wanted to I wanted to write down the bracket of this and see if they were actually like following as they should try to figure out what the bracket was for the tournament. <laughs> Cause it seemed like it seemed like people were getting paired up just, you know, just because they worked well together. And I'm curious, I was curious if it actually flowed like a normal tournament would. Um, well it, it looked like it cause I kept a mental checklist of who won the fight. So yeah, and well, yeah, it, no, nobody came back twice. Yeah. And you, oh, you like, you saw every single fighter fight and I, I the fights were too short uh, yeah, I, I guess they had to be because seriously, like the second half of this movie is the tournament, but the, it's <laughs> it's you're getting rapid fire fights that end. They they just end too quickly because there's no like it's like one punch and they're done almost. Like the guys come out and they do they're mm-hmm. flashy for a second. But I liked that. I, I thought it was well. I don't. I, I liked in a certain way. I thought it was funny how every every fighter was a was like a horrible uh, like <laughs> stereotype of the country they were from. <laughs> <laughs> and then total. fucking and, and the worst one is everybody's the ultimate stereotype but in true racist fashion Africa the continent gets an entry instead of an actual country from Africa yeah just Africa but the best part <laughs> the, the best part about like all of their intros were we had two black fighters we had one from Africa and we had one from <laughs> Brazil and both of them were introduced with drums playing in the background uh. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's filled with cultural insensitivities for the whole family. It just feels like a fighting game. It's preposterous. Yep, yep. Um, I love before we get to the tournament. There's a great scene where like, well, it's not a great scene, but (laughs) um, basically Jean Claude Van Damme proves that he's a more suitable fighter to represent America than James Remar and James Remar's all butthurt. And so he just rides his horse <laughs> off. He rides his horse <laughs> off. That fucking horse is totally riding sideways. It was really funny. It wasn't just galloping away. It was doing that, that, that like slanted trot thing that horses do sometimes. Like he didn't know how to control it. <laughs> and he had his, stu- like he literally had his butt hurt. His, his back of his pants were all muddy. <laughs> it was pretty awesome because <laughs> he was just kind of like riding off into this like unknown area of Asia, presumably to die. <laughs> but he came back. Oh, uh, so like the 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 tournament is called Gang Gang, which is uh, unnervingly close to Gang Bang. <laughs> so this this in this Gang Bang are Nazis, uh, Japanese sumo. Thai fighters, nondescript African, Okinawa, Russian, Spaniards, French, Brazilian, Chinese, Korean, Turks, and Scottish. Okinawa but, was a weird choice to put in there. Yeah. I guess they wanted somebody of, to use karate, but, but I mean, there's a lot of other countries with, fight, with fighting styles they could have, or at least with cool stereotypes they could have used. Okinawa was worthless. But, like, you've got Spain, France, and Scotland, which were all generic kickboxers. Yeah. There's nothing... Well, Scotland had a, t- Scotland had a had a kilt, so... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that the Turk style is just to be dirty and, like, <laughs> squeeze your balls. balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had Although, a, that weird cloudy eye. I don't, I don't know. I've, he, he didn't have a mustache, which is a problem, but the uh, <laughs> a, a, a Turkish man should have a mustache. But dreadlocks in Turkey, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I don't, I don't know. I or know. braids or whatever that was. Yeah, the only like national sport, like fighting sport I know is like oil wrestling, <laughs> yeah. which is or, super big in Turkey. Or just swinging that fucking giant club around. <laughs> yeah. uh, I made a note that I thought the Turk actually kind of looked like Stingray from Undefeatable. Man. And then he had like a big nose. He had a he big had, stingray nose. He had a he had a much better tan though. Oh, very true. <laughs> um, but like, you know, this tournament, because it, it, when you look at it in terms of the participants and stuff like that, it's about as colorful as Bloodsport is. But like everything in this movie, it's about the execution, and it's just. It's just not there, man. Yeah, like, I mean, you get a guy that does, and I can't pronounce it, whatever the Brazilian martial art Capoeira. is. Capoeira. Yeah, th- yeah, that dude, I was like, fuck, man, he's doing the whole the spins on his hands and everything, and they fucking show him for like 30 seconds. They got yeah. the they got the dude doing the, doing, the Chinese guy does different <laughs> animal-style kung fus, and there's a really stupid line that... Uh, that James Roger, Remar. Roger Moore oh. says, James Remar says, he's moving like an animal, and Roger Moore, the genius, says, no, it's more like a snake. <laughs> like a snake's not an animal, I guess. So. Yeah, and, and James Remar's like, now he's like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, I mean, he was impressive, but only impressive when he wasn't actually fighting. Like, he was cool, like, moving around, but, like, mm-hmm. and everybody, is, they, they were flashy when they'd come in, and then they'd get their ass beat in, like, ten seconds. Yeah, it was because they wanted to have every single person, but I mean, Bloodsport got around that by having, you know, a, a montage and everything. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, sometimes you just need to let that shit breathe, but uh, I just, it, it's always a tough proposition to have disparate styles and, and choreography together 
you know, and have it look normal because so much of it was just, you know, someone's doing their own thing and then they stop so the other guy can hit them. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel natural. Yeah. You know, it, it just wasn't good choreography. It was just, it was just, oh, this is happening and now this guy's going to hit the other and he's not going to block and, you know, or try to move out of the way. <laughs> but, you know, that's action cinema. What can you do? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, like, there, I, I did enjoy this movie, you know, especially when it got to the tournament, just because it was so silly and preposterous. You know, it wasn't that good, but I think just a general rule of thumb for this movie, whenever it focused on Roger Moore's admirable, you know, bangers and mash character, you know, it, right, right. it definitely suffered, you know, cause I just didn't give a shit about him. You know, he tried to steal the golden dragon, yeah. you know, got into those hijinks. There's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have a lot to add on it. Carrie Newton, the, the character Carrie Newton sucked. Her eyebrows really got on my nerves. They were like drawn on. Um, <laughs> but, um, that the the guy that played the um the sumo wrestler mm-hmm. now he you know what I, I looked it up and it's not him he looked like the dude that the fat dude that always acts in the stephen chow's movies oh. <laughs> um it wasn't it's not him this guy seems like he's japanese he was only in three movies ever and okay. and I, I guess it was john claude's choice to constantly show his fat jiggling in slow motion because it happens like four <sighs> times in the fucking movie he gets out of a bath and his tits bounce around and <laughs> he get the the not bolo punches him in the gut and you get the whole like homer simpson look at that blubber fly moment when the <laughs> his stomach does the wave across eh whatever um <laughs> Uh, it looked like they were cre- recreating Ongbok 2 on the stage at that at that outdoor market, which is pretty oh. cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some dude in a demon mask dancing around and, you know. Um, let's see. More in his Dracula outfit. Oh, man. There was one look. The only, the only like, romantic thing you get is when Carrie Newton sees uh, Chris Dubois take his shirt off the first time. I really, I was like, man, her undergarments just got really damp. She had that look on her face, like, whoa. And that's it. Yeah, that's it, though. I mean, like, they don't really go anywhere with that. Um, No. But she, uh, oh, oh, I almost spoiled the movie. Oh, Oh, I definitely spoiled it. She wrote, she wrote the book, the big tome, the fantasy looking novel with the gold foil, the quest by Carrie Newton. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Um, oh, I said all the. <laughs> so there were so many like like exotic looking locations and shit in here. You'd think they would get a golden dragon that didn't just look like a fucking like spray painted wood model. <laughs> it was. It looked awful. Yeah, you could probably peel that foil off and find a chocolate dragon underneath it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um, and my my last note is that I thought that Spain, the fighter from Spain, he looked like a he was like a cross between Vega from Street Fighter and Don Flamenco from Punch Out. <laughs> From Mike yeah, Tyson's you, punch you really reminded me of Don <laughs> I really wish he had a rose in his mouth. It would have been amazing. <laughs> and, that, and that I wish his hair got messed up if you punched him in the face enough. Yeah. <laughs> my hair. Sure. You're messing my hair. That was Italian. So. Um, you're messing my hair. You're, you're messing my hair. Uh, let's rate this piece of shit. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this a... I'm, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give this a 5.25. Okay. At the end of the day, I can say I enjoyed watching it. It's not a good movie, but I enjoyed watching it. I, I wish I watched this first. I watched them rapid fire, um, <laughs> and I watched Sudden Death first, and it, it, it set the bar too high. 
This one <laughs> I will not be revisiting. I give this a 3.5. Not my favorite John. Actually, I, I'm officially saying this is my least favorite John Claude movie. That's fair. That's I, fair. I, I don't know. I, I might see another one that sucks worse. Right now, oh, there's worse. There's right worse. now, this is this is the bottom of the barrel. So 3.5. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yep. All right. So let's take a break and come back and talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins in sudden death. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's. From The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. (laughs) But don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. It's a husband and wife show and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libson.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour. to the breaks before I make them and the intro to the songs like way too long. <laughs> I wanted to give a little bit, but Jesus Christ, that went on forever. That was good, though. I liked it. <sighs> the Knife. Uh. Remember that band. All right. Next, film, Sudden Death. Sudden Death. So uh, there would we you, go. Would you like to introduce Sudden Death? Sure. Uh, this one, 1995, Sudden Death, directed by Peter Hyams. Father of shit. What's his name? The uh, the guy who did um, the uh, Universal Soldier movies. Yeah, that guy, John. John Hyams. Yeah. This is the father of John Hyams. Good pedigree. Yeah, and um, just a year before this, uh, Peter Hyams made Time Cop yeah. with uh, Jean Claude Van Damme's, and this one stars the man himself. It also has Powers Booth in it. Uh, so yeah, synopsis. Uh, let's see if I can get my voice there. A, dis- <clears throat> yeah. a disgraced former fireman takes on a group of terrorists, <laughs> holding the vice president and others hostage during the seventh game of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. What? What? Was he really? Di- was he disgraced? Um. Yes. I thought he, he was, was just like scared be. because he like fucking like like had a building collapse on him. Is that not it? Did, well, I, did I miss see this? See. 
because when when it happens, it looks like he's being heroic, but maybe what happens was like he was trying to shield the girl from the burning wreckage and he accidentally suffocated her to death. Maybe. <laughs> Because <laughs> like because when the stuff fell and the the firemen were pulling it off, he was over top of her. So How maybe awesome he smothered be? her to death. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. Shut up, kid. Yeah. Uh, but either way, his kids treated him like shit because he wasn't a fireman anymore. So maybe yeah. that's where it comes from. He's a lowly fire inspector. Wah, wah. Powers yeah. Booth is so out there, crazy good in this movie. Oh. <laughs> he fucking just—he's such an asshole. It's fantastic. He's um, the shit. So um, yeah, this this one is. Uh, I guess the, I didn't. I, I, I never read anything about these movies. <laughs> I guess they had permission to use the wherever the uh, penguins played their their games because it was an odd choice to have the penguins and the Blackhawks meet because the only time these two met in the Stanley Cup finals was in 2000 it was in 1992 and the penguins crushed them I mean they won all four games so <laughs> there was no yeah and so I don't it's you know they had to obviously you know take this to sudden death but um <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious if maybe they just got permission to use whatever that stadium is called, and that's why they needed to have a, a exciting sport event to go on there at the same time. But yeah, I'm sure they just went with whatever was available. I yeah. think this was during the Red Wings reign of terror. Yeah, yeah. So well, Red Wings and Devils. I think. The, I mean, the 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 Penguins actually won in '92. But yeah, this is I think in '94 when this movie at least was would have been filmed was when the the Red Wings and Devils were doing their thing. So. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, Van Damme comes on the scene pretty early, and he's already got now. We, and we didn't get this in um, in the quest, but his pants are very high as he liked to wear them in this <laughs> one. So he's his the waist of his jeans. He's got the mom waist on his jeans. So you never see the pockets in the back, but he's probably got those pockets that are fucking like three feet tall. <laughs> yeah. So the pot the the patented pants. So um, yeah, we you know you get the you you get it, it it opens up, and I didn't even read the synopsis before this. I was like, why is he a firefighter? Like I thought he was a cop. <laughs> <laughs> But it is, I guess it ends up making sense because he needs to know like the structure of the building and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And do they really, uh, I'm I'm curious if during these big events, they only have one fire inspector for this giant arena. Um, I I feel like more guys would be on hand, but maybe not. Mm, not when it suits the plot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they'd be they'd be worthless though. Everybody in this movie besides him <laughs> was worthless. You know. Yeah. Powers Booth and him were the only two people that weren't just totally worthless. <laughs> Um, but the, in a good way, because yeah. you get fucking a body count in this one, which I was not expecting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. E- everyone is subject to murder in this movie. <laughs> yes. You know what? The, the only other guy that wasn't worthless, which surprisingly was the douchebag with the dangly cross earring. Because oh he was a he sniper with that rocket launcher. He didn't die, did he? Fuck. Uh, no, he, yeah, he, he did. He did. He was okay. in the helicopter. He was, oh, he was in the helicopter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with the helicopter. Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> After the black dude, though. Oh my god! Now I Whatever. thought I thought that was what's his face, uh, uh, James. What's his name? Last name James. I thought that was him at first without a mustache, and I was like, no, no, no. Rick I've seen this guy. What? Rick James? No, no is his name <laughs> Stephen James? No, Steve. He was in Bonnie James. Do you? Uh, I'm gonna have to look him up. Bonnie. Is it Steve James? Ricky James? I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know who you're referring to. I don't either. It was LeBron James. No, it, it was- is Steve James. I thought it was Steve James for a second. If, okay. if you look up Steve James, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. He always had a mustache. <laughs> and he was in To Live and Die in L.A., too. He was like a drug dealer in that movie. And he's ripped. I thought that's who it was at first. I was like, no, no, no. But I've seen that guy somewhere. And the only thing I could figure out is maybe it was from Roots. But I wasn't sure. Um, uh, oh, I, okay. I see him. Okay, yeah. Dorian Harewood is this actor's name. And he was in... Oh, Full Metal Jacket. That's where I knew him from. Okay. Mm. Um, so, uh, you get lots of machine pistols in this movie, which I always like because... It doesn't matter if they have silencers or not in this movie. They're all going to make the same sound, which is awesome. That like <laughs> sound, you know, where it sounds like they would have emptied the clip with one spray at the just continue to only only one time when it suits the plot. Do they ever run out of ammo, yep. um, which is a pretty funny scene because that guy that he was kicking his ass in the weight room was such a nerd. But uh, <laughs> it looks like somebody I work with um, the. Um, now, I'm not sure I've ever seen... One of my favorite things about Van Damme's movies is that they always explain his accent in some ways. I, I don't know that I've ever seen him be French-Canadian before, so that was like a nice twist. Am I, maybe I'm just missing it, but um, he was French-Canadian and used to play goalie, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, his name was like... was It was Darren McCord. That was McCord, his name. Yeah. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's Canadian-sounding. Darren McCord. We'll call in and tell us if that's Canadian. Darren McCord. Um... <laughs> So uh, the, I, I laughed at the security guards driving a Plymouth Horizon because I had a friend dri- that drove one of those in high school, and that thing was such a piece of shit. Um, and I guarantee you, if they got a, if they rammed if they got a Plymouth Horizon rammed as hard as their Plymouth Horizon got rammed, that would thing would not drive again. Um, <laughs> so uh, the the story kind of goes with where Van Damme he is whatever for some, whatever reason disgraced. He killed a kid in a fire or whatever. And um, now he uh, he's gotten divorced from his wife and um, Mike is buying gifts for his kids and stuff. And Mike <laughs> fucking Mike what a dick. And, and Mike's playing that like passive aggressive. Like I told you your dad was a hero kind of shit. <laughs> he probably talks so much garbage. Um, and the, but he, he shows up and he, you know, he's got tickets to the, you know, they live in Pittsburgh, I guess they, and the, <laughs> I assume so. I don't think anybody outside of Pittsburgh is a Penguins fan. Um, the, um, but <laughs> sorry, Penguins fan. The, uh, <laughs> but he's got tickets to Game Seven for his kids, and the cunty mom has to play this fucking power trip, and says, mm-hmm. "Well, we're going out to dinner." Like what? Yeah. Come on, you would not play by the rules in that case. Like your fucking your kid is outside with your current boyfriend learning how to play hockey. Your little girl's running around in a Penguins hat. And you're going to play, oh, that's not what the judge says we can do when your husband shows up with fucking the best tickets, you know, that you could possibly get if you're a Penguins fan. Yeah, uh, fuck that. I mean, you, you know, just just let it go for it. But let, you, let the kids have, yeah. like, their awesome moment. Yeah, you well, know? whatever. She had to make them feel guilty, at least. It's not fair to me, man. And, um, what a bitch. And I, I, it's it's great that this happened. That this is a hockey movie in the '90s because you get mullets everywhere. Oh God! <laughs> and yeah, the the mullets streaming out of the back of the helmets. <laughs> um, oh. the, the best mullet was actually not on a player. There was, oh, was it a, Was it the the guy singing the national anthem? He was had a great he? one, but there was even oh, a better okay. one. There was a dude when there was this ma- when there's the mass panic and everybody's running out of the stadium. 
there was a dude wearing, he might have had a satin jacket, but his fucking mullet was down over his shoulders. He was running out of the door. He was on the screen for like two seconds. Like, wow, that was huge. And it was like that stringy kind too, not like the fluffy. It wasn't curly at all. It was very, it looked, it looked a little dirty. So as a good mullet should be. Um, The announcer does say on ESPN that the Blackhawks are on the brink of elimination, which I thought was interesting, seeing as it is the final Uh, game. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess they used some uh, stock audio from my earlier games. Yeah, that guy you said with the dangly earring. I said said the guy that fucks with the chef's wife, he's dressed like a really lame 90s vampire. Like (laughs) He's got a ruffled tuck shirt and that cross earring. And I called him Steven Dorff the rest of the movie. Oh, God, he's such a fucking weasel. But, I mean, he, he shoots the grandma. Yeah, he shoots you know? an old lady. He fucking blows up helicopters of the rocket launcher. Yeah, and he's, shoots like, miles <laughs> away. I love how he... I love his... He doesn't even try to, like, just dis, just make the sign turn off. Like, Van Damme's <laughs> trying to communicate with the guys outside. He just rocket launchers it. <laughs> he's like, fuck this guy. Uh, so... But it, it's too bad his rocket launcher wasn't like rapid fire like uh, like Rowdy Piper's was in that movie I did on Jones Gun. Like he, he could just fire multiple times without reloading, which was great. Um, there was that when he when he shoots the old lady, I did love. This is the kind of thing that gets a movie an R rating. I think when, after he shoots her, it's, it doesn't just show her dead there. Like her arms are like flopping around a little. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she acted out the whole scene of dying, and they actually kept the little arms flopping around, which. That's probably why, the, you know, I mean, amongst dropping F-bombs and stuff, but stuff like that is probably why a movie gets an R rating. Yeah, and stealing Fig Newtons and shit, I mean. <laughs> He's sitting there watching the fucking Stanley Cup finals. And yeah. I did. I never realized they would have such, I guess they, I guess it makes sense. I, for some reason, I would. I never would have imagined like a, a big arena like that having like an onboard chef at all times, like wearing the chef hat and everything. But I figured uh, they would always get their stuff shipped in, but maybe not. I don't know. I guess yeah. the I guess rich people have to eat fancy food too. So, well, I mean, they made a point to say. Well, I think they made a point to say that this that that guy was like the vice president's chef. Like that was his chef. Oh, that's, but that's weird because his wife lived in Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> another plot yeah. convenience. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the um, <laughs> but yeah, like Powers Booth is to use the internet meme. Uh, he is the fucking honey badger in this movie because he. <laughs> Anybody is fair game in this. He, like he'll just shoot anybody. And we mentioned the spiders thing earlier. It's a little girl. Uh, she won't tell him something he wants to know. And he's like, "How would you like a mouthful of spiders? Like, what the fuck? That's like nightmare. They they really mistreat the kids throughout this whole movie. Yeah, he gets such pleasure out of fucking with that poor girl. Oh my god, he tries to shoot her at one point, and man. How would you like a mouthful of spiders? He's such an asshole. He's great. Um, oh, he's incredible in the movie. Yeah. The, um, the, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I thought, you know, speaking of mistreated kids, I, I thought the, the mascot murdering a woman in front of the kid was in a bathroom was pretty <laughs> fucked up. And I was like, man, I can't believe they did that with the mascot. And then it goes totally over the top. Like two minutes later when Van Damme meets the mascot. Now this yes. has to be, one of the most amazing things I've seen in an action movie in a long time. This fucking thing was so silly. So he gets in a fight. Okay, so I'm getting ahead of myself. Basically, we have terrorists taking over the Stanley Cup game because the vice president is there. Yes. 
the vice president has the ability, apparently, to unlock these bank accounts that the U.S. government, or at least, you know, has the sway to get them mm-hmm. unlocked. These guys had, like, offshore bank accounts that have been locked by the U.S. government. And so they are holding this special box uh, hostage. The Secret Service knows about it. And they're like, hey, we're going to keep killing people until you unlock, you know, and I like the amount of money. Usually it's like a couple million. This is like over a billion dollars they have. <laughs> it's like $1.8 billion. <laughs> they could have fucking like gotten Greece out of poverty uh, entirely. And I could have <laughs> solved Greece's uh, financial woes with this bank, with these bank accounts. But anyway, um, they, um, so they're going to keep killing people. And if by the end of the game, their money's not free, they're just going to blow the place up. And they've yeah. got, they've had guys like sneaking into the, um, this is really a movie that probably could not get made today. You can't joke around. You can't joke about blowing up buildings anymore. No. Um, but the, uh, you know, they're just going to blow the shit up if they don't have their, their money and they're going to kill the vice president. Yeah, and the game is going on, so the crowd doesn't know what's going on. The crowd on. has no it's idea. It's just in the box. And they can really open this fucking roof of this building quite quickly, I have to say, because you get the, you get the <laughs> fake fireworks. You think it's an explosion trick a couple times with the roof opening, and then there's an, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah. The um, but the so anyway the the mascot is one of the one of the positions in the arena that has been compromised, and <laughs> what has to be a tranny is is this woman. Oh. She's not attractive, but she she is she's murdered John Claude's. I get seemed seemed like for a second she might have been a romantic interest. I thought they I were going to go there, with that. but she uh, basically murders her. The you know a woman plays. Um, now they kept calling her uh, Icy, but the back of yeah. the jersey says Iceberg, like B U R G H. So I don't know what the penguin's That's like name is. Like a pet is. name. You okay, know? I didn't know what the name was supposed to be, but yeah, like the fans call him Icy, but you know the 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 the, the actual the the full name, the the Christian yeah, name right. is Iceberg. So <laughs> Christian name, <laughs> the um, but the so um, you get you get the you get the face off. With henchmen in penguin costume against Van Damme, and this fucking penguin kicks his ass everywhere. The kitchen fight is amazing. Like it's, it's surprisingly well choreographed. Like it is yeah, legit. And this woman is kicking his ass. Like she's doing the shit where, like, like the shit where you pick somebody up and slide them down the bar. And like, yeah. and like beers flying off and stuff. Like, I mean, she is having her way. Like he, he doesn't get any offense in and she's kind of cheating because she's leaving the, she's leaving the penguin head on. So he does try to punch her a few times and it just absorbs with the, with the, <laughs> so he has to improvise and he uses some chili powder, which is pretty funny. He pours it in the mouth, which is where the eyes are. <laughs> and awesome. they have to make it a point to show her fucking eyeballs sticking out. Like, <laughs> so it doesn't just look like he's feeding a penguin chili powder, I guess. You go, yeah. Oh, okay. That's where her eyes are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the re- the whole reason this exists is because like a draft like a billion drafts ago this movie was supposed to be a parody and i guess somewhere down the line after all these different rewrites and whatnot john Hine or peter himes was just like all right we're keeping the penguin scene <laughs> oh my god i love the penguin scene so much so i mean he fucking like every kitchen utensil you can think of gets used she attacks him with a meat tenderizing hammer <laughs> she attacks him with a fucking cleaver 
She, I mean, she has a pistol at first, but that gets kicked away pretty quick. There's yeah. a fucking grill that's been left on for hours, and there's still raw meat on it somehow. There, <laughs> the French fries are still going. <laughs> the oil, the the oil is still boiling for the fries. Yeah, the fries are down in there, and they're not burnt. Um, this kitchen's probably been empty for two hours, but the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she fucking sticks the penguin's head up in the exhaust fan. <laughs> and the fucking eyeball gets shaved off, which is hilarious. Oh my god, I love it. Every kitchen utensil you can every kitchen appliance you can think of makes an appearance. The dishwasher, man, love it. And the thing about this movie, like, I don't think there's a stock death in this movie, like just a bland death. Yeah. One dude slides off the roof. That roof stuff looked pretty good. I don't know how much of it was kind of green screened. I know some of it obviously was, but some of it looked really like these guys really running around on this fucking rooftop, man. It looked pretty good. There's some there's some good stunts in this movie. There's one stunt near the end with um, the crowd walking. Like that's not going to be on any sizzle reels, but that is oh, the food dude fucking rolls. Yeah, he rolls across like one row of chairs. Yeah, could you imagine being the poor asshole at the game, like trying to watch <laughs> the game, and this idiot in a fake cop uniform rolls over you? <laughs> like what the fuck? He's, he's all sweaty and bloody. Fucking ruins your Penguins jersey. <laughs> yeah, they actually got um, IHL teams to to play as the Blackhawks and the Penguins. But do you know if they were real players? I didn't even look yeah. that up. Okay. Yeah, they were. They I mean, were not real. real I know real IHL, but uh, were they the names that they used were actual National uh, Hockey League players? Luke Robitaille obviously is real. Um, they talked about Yamir Yager, but the goalie is uh, a fabricated name. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the, whoever the goalie was, and, we'll uh, talk about goalies later. <laughs> yes. So um, basically, Van Dam is doing the diehard thing at this point. Yeah. Um, they have, he's told his kids to stay put. Um, but the little girl obviously gets separated. And, um, so the movie kind of turns into first, he's kind of going after his daughter. Then when he realizes what's going on, he's like, well, I, I don't want this fucking building to explode. So he uses his, his fire inspector know-how to know where <laughs> they might, I guess, find the weakness of the structure or something. And to, to disarm bombs. Apparently he knows how to do that as well. And he, d- and he does the first one without even looking at it, which is pretty, yeah. like he, he cuts the wires, but then he like reaches under without even seeing the thing and knows exactly where to flip off the detonator, which was pretty yeah. impressive. Um, good on him. Yeah. Um, the, um, <laughs> I thought it was funny when the, when the ro- rocket launcher hit the helicopter, there's a dude hanging underneath, like he's getting ready to like, uh, <laughs> what is it called like rappel in or something yeah yeah rappel he's he's getting rid of he's getting lowered on a rope and when the helicopter explodes he doesn't fall onto the roof that he's over he falls into the middle of the parking lot onto a car so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) the helicopter really got blown to the side i guess because this building is not small (laughs) it's a strong wind (laughs) yeah um (laughs) <laughs> and I like how the, it doesn't make the new, the local news at all that uh, fucking <laughs> no. half the parking lot just exploded because uh, a bunch of cars explode too. I guarantee if one car blew up at a sporting event here, it'd be like, oh my god, there's an explosion and blah blah blah. And but no, well, and the, no cell phones, no internet. People just hanging out watching no, the Penguins no, play. I think, I think they had cell phones in '95. Well, he had a cell oh, phone in the yeah. movie, a big fat one, a big Zach Morris phone. That's true. Um, but people not, in Pittsburgh can't afford that. Shit. <laughs> no. No, Come on, they let's spit be it, real. They spit it all on their fancy uh, penguins leather jacket that powers big yeah. guys at the end. His <laughs> awesome mustache and wig. Oh, it's fucking. I put that was his his Ron Burgundy disguise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, 
yeah, there's just there's a lot more killings in this movie, like I said, than I would have thought. Um, <laughs> there's one that really made me laugh. Somehow the Zamboni driver gets murdered, <laughs> and uh-huh. he's, he's the Zamboni comes plowing through the parking lot, and the Zamboni driver is all flopping around because he's still behind the steering wheel of the Zamboni. And then when it crashes into cars, like it opens, and like all these corpses just come rolling out of it. I guess it was all the like staff they were hiding the bodies in there or something. The staff of the no, no, there's a part where the the FBI or CIA or whoever, they were sending guys in and Powers Booth. Oh, uh, that was the FBI guys. They said, oh, there's that guy. Yeah. Okay, they yeah, they were watching him on the camera saying, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And I've always wondered what they stored in that big compartment in the Zambo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's ice. Uh, and bodies. So, um, oh, yeah, um, yeah, and, and uh, you do get a lot of. You, you know, we we mentioned the dangly earring guy, but there's another dude. Like, it just it reinforces my belief that 90s henchmen are some of the worst in action movies oh. because there's another dude with a shaved head and glasses with a really shitty, like, chin goatee thing. <laughs> and he has this awful line about the Virgin Islands, man, when he's talking about one of the good... Oh, my God. All the henchmen in this movie either looked homeless or, like, sitcom dads. One of them, the dude that that was kicking his ass in the, uh, kicking Van Damme's ass in the, um, like, the skate room where they, like, sh- oh, like file the yeah, skate. Yeah. He reminded me of this old pro wrestler called Special, Special Delivery Jones. I don't know if you remember him. <laughs> no. he, was, he, he was, like, being mid-card in, like, the early 80s when Hulk Hogan first got big was, was not necessarily a good thing. And he was, like, very low-rung mid-card. So he might have been good like in the 70s, but by this time it was like the fans liked him, but he would just always get obliterated. Like I think he owns like the, he owned the record for the, like the shortest WrestleMania match ever. Like King Kong Bundy beat him in like 13 seconds or something. Oh no. Um, but anyway, he kind of looked like, he kind of reminded me of Special Delivery Jones for some reason. Like he's, you know, one of those wrestlers, he's always smiling and stuff. He's worthless now. Like no, he, everybody wanted like a big <laughs> badass and he wasn't it. But um, the, what are you gonna do? Drown me? What? I wrote that. I don't remember what that is. Mm-hmm. I don't what are you know. Do drown me? I missed that. What are you gonna do? Drown me? I have no idea why I wrote that. Um. And, and, yeah. Movie continues. Uh, oh, the Super Soaker. Oh, that was awesome. The Super Soaker. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another good death. Uh, super Soaker, full of lighting, lighter fluid, or whatever. Where that dude just bursts into flames, and then <laughs> he goes back with his. Uh, he, he's not dead. He comes back with the. Let <laughs> me just bust out laughing. Oh, uh, that was hilarious. He's like Rah! showing his teeth, with his ha- face half melted off. Oh, uh, that was good shit. Sorry to spoil that one. Um, and this, the movie just builds up to this really ridiculous but pretty great action finale mm-hmm. um on the roof fucking swinging through stuff like like a fuck like fucking monkeys <laughs> um the helicopter stuff and what has to be i don't want to spoil any of this because the helicopter thing i was i was literally laughing for like two minutes straight through the whole <laughs> and i can't believe they showed the whole thing in slow motion like oh my god <laughs> so, so so dumb i loved it and and what had to be the exclamation point on it is that they there's a giant explosion and they show it fucking reflected in this little girl's giant like Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was so stupid. I loved it. Oh man. Anyway, what you have any notes to add? Uh, let me look here. Uh, in the beginning, when Jean Claude Van Damme was in the uh, the house that's on fire, like you don't see him, but 
you hear him and it just sounds like a Jean-Claude Van Damme soundboard because like everything is so isolated. It's like, help me. I'm down here. Hurry. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just bizarre. You could tell he's just like screaming, you know, lines inside of a sound booth or something. Yeah. Like just act uh, like you're in trouble. We'll use it in a couple movies. Yeah. Uh, Powers Booth, he's definitely a theatrical villain. Oh, like man. when we first see him, he's he like, places a tiny penguin bomb for no reason in the middle of their place. He's like shooting fuckers in the leg and like he just doesn't, he doesn't care. Yeah. And like really this movie, like there's nothing particularly great about the setup or anything. It's just the kill. All the kills are inventive and really violent and weird. All the, like the villains awesome. Uh, and it's well paced mm-hmm. and it's just an odd fucking movie. Like even like aside from the, the, the mascot fight, like there's a lot of lines in this movie that are just strange. <laughs> like there's a part where uh, the vice president's talking to powers booth. He's like, what's your objective? And powers booth is like, Oh, I get all funny all over when you talk about that. <laughs> like what is that supposed to be? <laughs> but uh, you know, it just adds to this like, you know, the, the, the general atmosphere of the movie, which is just really fun, bizarre, and, like, super fucking violent. Yep. You know? What what action movie can you think of that has lines like, would you like it if I filled your little mouth with spiders? <laughs> I wonder if he made that up or if that was in the script. Uh, it, it, I don't know. Like, that is just such a fucked up thing to say to a child. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm going to see if I can find the sudden death script. <laughs> yeah. I still, still can't get over it. It's just, it's such a vile, disturbing line. You know, it's not a real threat. It's just something that really freaks out a child. <laughs> um, let me see here. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I love this era of action movies where nobody told the extras that you're not supposed to hold automatic machine guns at the hip. Because you'll see like FBI guys burst into a room with like, <laughs> all, like M16s down at their hip, <laughs> just shooting randomly. Um, this movie's are, got people, s- for for the most part, people are very uh, the fans are are very like unresponsive in this like. And it takes the it takes a fucking like it takes the scoreboard basically exploding for people to react to anything in this movie. <laughs> well, the thing that drew me nuts about the sun is that the sun like would have rather have been anywhere else other than there. Like you just you're at like the seventh game of the Stanley Cup Finals with your city, and it's like a neck and neck game. It's super dramatic, but every time we he see him, he's he just, really boring. Yeah. And he's such a dick. He's like, oh, dad's going to just change another light bulb. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Oh, he's a little shit weasel, but whatever. Um, this movie's got something against ex-wives. Because not only do we have the Darren McCord. Darren McCord. Not only do we have his <laughs> issues, but the FBI guy who's getting ready to run into the building. One of the guys is like, what do we do? He's like, call my wife because the gravy train's off the track. <laughs> Uh, oh i I guess that explains a little bit about his character later but yeah 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 um so yeah movie's just one big excuse to drop a helicopter in a hockey arena oh my god it was so funny (laughs) which is pretty damn cool but yeah i i think i i love this movie i think it's really like the last great 
uh, Van Damme movie, at least of that era. Of that kind, yeah, of that particular yeah. kind of movie. You know what I liked about it? That it was, I, I liked that he didn't, like, not once did he do a split. Like, there's no, no. F- nothing flashy. Like, he's a, like, he's a decent fighter, but that's just because he had a reason to be. Like, he couldn't, like, I know that Van Damme is a trained martial artist, but in this movie, if you didn't know, had no idea who Van Damme was, you would not have any idea that he does fucking split kicks and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I, I thought that was pretty cool about it. Like, I mean, he's, he's, he's crafty, like MacGyver-esque at times, but he doesn't like, he's not doing a lot of crazy kicks and stuff like that. He's fighting like a, I mean, he knows what he's doing, but he's fighting like a dude would as opposed to a, like a Belgian martial artist. Yeah. <laughs> well, relatively speaking, compared to how he normally does, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, more yeah. grounded yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I mean, I can't remember if he does his patented, like, you know, wheel kick where he's jumping up in the air and he's practically doing the splits. He almost does that in every movie, but yeah, he did it in the quest. I don't think he did it in this one. Yeah. I don't think he did. I'm um, certain in the quest with those loose, loose shorts <laughs> that you were going to see balls or something when he does that fucking, <laughs> ju- he does the kick like on the, on not bolo. And I was like, Oh my God, you're going to see balls. Nope. Nope. Nothing there. <laughs> Rats. Must've been wearing a jock strap. Yeah. Uh, speaking of jock straps, in this movie, there's that little pecker in the uh, <laughs> Penguin's locker room who just puts the jock strap on his face when the vice president comes in. And he tells that one dude, nice outfit. Yeah. He's just hanging out there, dog flopping in the wind. Good stuff. Um, I, I don't think there's anything else. Just really, really good stuff. And after this movie was The Quest and oh. the Choi Hawk and Ringo Lamb movies and then direct to, to video I still need to Hell. see those. I just still need to see those. Are those any good? No. Oh. <laughs> um, they're weird. Like, they might be worth watching just to be like, oh, this is bizarre. You know, oh, this is, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme with Rob Schneider or Jean-Claude Van Damme with Dennis Rodman. But oh, aside shit, they're from, in them? <laughs> yeah, aside from kitsch factor, yeah. you know, they're they're not good. That's too it was, bad. It was definitely when everything was catching up to him, you mm. know? Because this was a period when he had, like, he had Time Cop, then Street Fighter, then this... Um, he, he had a nice little run of movies, but then it just went, and I think that fell in line with a lot of other action stars as well. Well, yeah, I mean, the time was changing too. Like, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, I guess, I guess some of his stuff now is a little like direct to video stuff is a little more, it's gotten better. Yeah. So, but I think it it seems like uh, besides Dolph, a lot of the direct to video guys, like, but in the late nineties into the early two thousands, it just kind of got, you know, like yeah, a lot of it was just kind of like throwaway. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the equivalent of like, you know, seeing that sad wrestler show up at a comic book convention <laughs> or something, you know, Virgil sitting by himself yeah. waiting for autographs at the comic book convention. Yeah. Yeah. That shitty Steven Seagal movie. That's like the Virgil of his filmography. Oh you know, I, I, I am a Seagal apologist. <laughs> and some of his direct video stuff is still just ugh, for me. Like, oh. Yeah, it, it's rough. And I mean, really, the last great action movie of that time, which I think came out maybe 97, was True Lies. Because after that, I can't really point to any, you know, great Sylvester Stallone action movie or Jean-Claude Van Damme action yeah. movie or Arnie yeah. movie. All of them really took a dive. It just yeah. it kind of coincided with, the you know, um well, movies were getting a lot darker, and it was just yeah. a different different time. Like, uh, you know, all the people that liked those movies in the 80s were now, well, I guess, making them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, 
Yeah, but this was a this was uh, this was a nice cap to that era of his career. You know, cool. it's really over the top, really fun. It's definitely worth watching. Cool. Um, I'm gonna score this. We're gonna score it. I'm gonna give it an eight point two five. I I, yeah. I did like it a lot too. Um, this is both of these movies I'd never seen. So, um, being the Seagal apologist, I've always said that I prefer Seagal. But the more I see of Van Damme, the more you know he's 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 gaining ground. And because um, I like the I like the variety in his movies, so nice. Um, yeah, so eight point two five for me. Cool. Uh, I give it an eight point five. Uh, you know, I'm right there with you. Nice. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme was when when I was younger, he was my favorite action hero because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know uh, it, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was in you know better movies, but he never really felt like a like an action hero to right, me. Right. You know, he was kind of you know in his own atmosphere. But, you know, with everyone else, like Jean-Claude was my dude. So I'm always, you know, a little more forgiving with him. I always enjoy his a little bit more, even though it is. (laughs) He's a little Um, (laughs) self-indulgent in in more ways than one. But, you know, this is a this is a fine ass movie. This is a good movie. And it's it's worth revisiting if you haven't seen it. Check it out. Both of these are on instant. So for whatever reason you want to watch The Quest or you want to watch Sudden Death, check them out. American American. Netflix instant. I don't know about everywhere else. Yeah. All you crazy Europeans. Well, who gives? Them? Yeah. Who yeah, gives? yeah. All right. Let's take a break, and I'm going to subject uh, Jake to a little bit of feed sack, and then we'll wrap things up. I'll be right back. <laughs> Ahoy, mateys. This is KAB Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The smooth sound. Sack. A more intelligent, gracious host would have played a podcast without honored humanity promo this week. But alas, I am not that host. Um, so yes, uh, everyone, check out my lovely co-host's show, Podcast Without Honored Humanity. He recently had, well, I'll let you tell it, your 100th and 101st and 102nd episodes. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I have my 100th episode not too long ago, and uh, this upcoming Tuesday I'll be up at 102, and we'll be back to, or I'll be back to normal episodes. So, uh, yeah, if for whatever reason you haven't listened to it, uh, go ahead and check out the episodes from 99, 100, and 101, since, you know, they're covering more popular films, and gets a little crazy. Asian movie podcast. Check it out. Yes, the fourth best on the internet. At least, at least. At least, yes. Well, now you might be up higher, because I think V-Cinema is calling it quits. That's very true, but there is one that I found that I wasn't taking into account, Uh but they kind of (laughs) suck. You're still the fourth. We're going to say you're the third now. I'll say I'm the third best. I'll say I'm behind East Screen, West Screen, and Podcast on Fire. So there we go. (laughs) They're the shit, but I'm good too. So um, I'm just going to... Uh, subject you to a little feed sack this week. Um, I, 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 I'm going to apologize in advance. I'll just say that. Here we go. Hello, I'm Morgan Freeman, and today Wait, I'll be what? reading a passage from the Altoon Sylvan Gold page called Horrible with that one, not two, but three exclamations and one star <laughs> out of five. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm being told by my producers that is actually uh, the reviewer, the writer of this little article um, called Getty5150 is who wrote this. Uh, he's actually giving the Silver and Gold Show 1 out of 5. See, I, I was mistaken because I thought, you know, his horrible review, and I, I, I'm not referring to the title, I'm actually calling the review horrible. I thought that was, you know, 1 out of 5. My mistake. <laughs> I blame the GGTMC for this. So did 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 you see did you see the have did, were you a part of this whole drama with the bad review and I saw it I I, I saw it I okay. Lo- <laughs> okay yeah that's yeah. that's what this is in, okay okay <laughs> just because you listen to podcasts doesn't mean you should do a podcast. My first episode I listened to was early on for them the Silent Rage show and I chalked it up to rookie mistakes. The chemistry wasn't there and the timing was off. I hoped in time it would get better. It hasn't. In fact, the Hickeybollocks episode has proven to me it's now even worse. Well, I don't know how worse. I'm going to break away here for a second, listeners. But I really don't know. I can do that because I'm Morgan fucking Freeman. Don't talk to me like that, producer. I will get another one. Morgan Freeman does not have a potty mouth like that. (laughs) He says it's now even worse, but, you know, he only uses two exclamation points. But in hasn't, he uses three. So is he angrier that it hasn't gotten better or that it's gotten worse? Uh, You know, he needs to really use his exclamation points better. Maybe just use one all around. Because Uh. it's like two, three thing. It's, It's not looking good. Anyway, back to the <laughs> Guys, the endless farting and burping isn't funny or clever or amusing to listen to. <laughs> Excuse me. I guess I just got into the Sylvan Gold spirit. I apologize. Back to the review. It's just lame, sad, and kind of pathetic. I, I, should that be kind of, not kind of, uh, whatever. Crass for crass' sake isn't a good thing. Zom comes off like one of those really bitter women-hating losers who blames everyone but himself for not being able to get a date. Now I want to break away again. It's because he is. Uh, I've listened <laughs> to the show and I personally like Zom and Luke, and uh, you know, Zom especially. Uh, and while, you know, he may joke about, you know, some of his past relationships like we all do, I've never felt that it was in jest. Or if it was, he's not women-hating, he just hates those specific women. Uh, not only really that, no. but I also kind of felt that it's somewhat... Of a character trait. This goes know? on for six more minutes. 
Oh, like, okay. Uh, <laughs> like me when I drove Miss Daisy around and driving Miss Daisy. That was a character trick, yes. me driving, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't really drive white women around. It was a character trait in the movie. You see the difference? I, Morgan Freeman, don't drive white people around. And Zom, Dr. Zom, uh, doesn't really hate women, or if he does, um, who cares? You know? I don't and, get you it. Know, you should explain uh, it some more, Justin. He, he, he no, blames Morgan. everybody else for not being yeah. able to get it. Morgan. Oh, maybe that's true, you know? A lot of great men have died alone, and some women just <laughs> they lose a good Wow. But anyway, back to the movie. He also reminds me of a guy who spends a lot of time by himself and doesn't know how to act around others. Okay, I have to break this again. I am good friends with that cinemasochist fellow, uh, Justin Oberholzer, who has thankfully spared me uh, reviews of any of my uh, lackluster movies. There are a few, I'll admit. Living on my team, the big one. What? Now, he has gone to these whole hound oh. weekend events, uh, these special little shindigs with uh, this Zom here, and he has told me on occasion that Zom is quite the fellow. Uh, okay, I can't really say it like that. He just said he's like, yo, he's like my dad, except he's cooler. Okay, he didn't say that either. Sorry, the producers told me I wasn't supposed to actually say that. Um, that was supposed to be a secret. What? I don't know. But you are known as being very sociable and likable and approachable and outgoing. Uh, the complete opposite of what this man is saying that you are. You do, in fact, know how to act around others. What if my headphones will reach over to my Nintendo? Uh, question. Back to the real. That's why you hear the... Alright, I gotta break this up. This <laughs> guy doesn't do even spell U as Y-O-U. He just uses the letter U. As if he's sending a text to one of his ex-girlfriends. You know, maybe the one that, uh... uh that Zom hates because he's a bitter, woman-hating loser. Um, Which he is. What? <laughs> if you're going to review, I mean, if you're going to review or write a review, you might as well spell check it or you know, be, you know, just spell correctly. It's not that hard, especially for such a simple word. I mean, just because you can write a review doesn't mean you should write a review. And if you are going to write a review, then don't waste my time and actually write correctly. But I digress. That's why you hear the endless farting and burping the during the word show. You. I thought it's because that gas, and that's how the body's element works. You know, you, you gotta burp, you gotta poop, you gotta fart. I don't know why I said poop, but they could poop on the show. Okay. What the fuck? And I wanted to like this show. We're in the home stretch. I really did. The movies they cho- have chosen, for the most part, are fantastic. Too bad this podcast isn't. Jeff from SF, and I don't know what SF means. San Francisco saying go fuck yourself? I don't know. I really don't. Sick. Fuck. But what I do know is that it is okay to not like silly The accent just got really weird. Just the way it is, and it's okay to give them a fair and balanced criticism. But this was not a fair and balanced criticism, and I would know because I've dealt with a lot of bad criticisms, as well as a lot of fair and balanced criticisms. Again, Evan Almighty, what a piece of shit. I like that movie. He seems to attack Zom as if he's done him harm. Maybe this Jeff fellow is just a theory of mine, so don't take this as fact. Though I am Morgan Freeman, so it makes me smarter than a lot of you, so it probably is fact. 
Jeff may just be one of Zom's ex-girlfriends pretending to be a man from SF. That would be awesome. Jeff. And, you know, she sees them all successful now. Or it's Dante. Um, podcast and a yes. legion of fans. And, you know, she left him in the dirt because, in her words, he was nothing. And now she is the bitter, man-hating loser. And she is coming It would be awesome if Dante flew around in a Zeppelin like the German from the quest. Again, this is just a theory, not fact. Though I am Morgan fucking Freeman, so it could is just very well be a fact. <laughs> and it does seem like that too, because why are the attack on Zombie now? Now, I'm not saying Luth deserves an attack, though he has been cutting my buddy and his friends just falls off. But that's not beside the point. You see, you think if you're going to attack one person, you're going to attack the other and vice versa. Apparently, this is just a Zom hating brigade. And, you know, I question the timing is off. Almost there, man. Comment Almost there. Because this is a <laughs> review podcast, a movie review podcast, where they just talk about movies. How is that timing with that? I mean, they put the spots in at the correct spots or not. I mean, I guess you could say because of the comedy, but I think it's perfectly fine. And if not, it's not being judged as a comedy podcast. And the chemistry not being there, well, I find the two as very jovial fellows who really do have a good chemistry, and even if you don't feel that way, for all you know, these two could have chemistry sets that they're playing with while no. they're recording the show, no. meaning What's that the chemistry on? literally is there, so you've just been trumped. Why is this happening? Now, do you remember I the electric company? Morgan Freeman and that show? Because I'm certainly Ooh. not getting any younger. But I just wanted to say, Silver Gold, you are not horrible with not one, not two but three exclamation points but you are terrific with not kind one, of not terrible two, with two not exclamation three but points. four <laughs> exclamation points and a four star rating it'd be a five if you review some more morgan fucking freeman movies uh, <laughs> um so yeah that was uh i think that was mikey mikey you gotta edit your voice down <laughs> i thought i would just play that too so zom didn't have to sit through it <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Morgan, for defending us, our honor. And um, that, thank that, you, Morgan. That um, that review actually disappeared off of iTunes. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> eh, whatever. Um, yeah, we got we got shit on pretty hard. And yeah, if you want to shit on us, that's one thing. But you know, being being all personal about it was a little weird. So, well, yeah, we we, we yeah. had fun with it. You know, we you yeah. know we 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 see ourselves. We could we could take ourselves. Not very seriously, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it, whatever. Yeah, it's no big deal. So, and um, I'll save the rest of the feed sack for next week. Um, so, uh, next week we're going to do, um, hopefully, Zom's uh, technical issues will be properly sorted. And uh, we're, we're going to do the uh, baseball movies that I mentioned last week, um, Field of Dreams and A League of Their Own. So, we'll get to those next week. And Mr. McLarge Huge, I thank you very much for filling in. Zom's oh. shoes, his wrestling boots today, <laughs> lacing up. Oh, no problem, no problem. Got some extra toe cheese today. Yeah. Spread that on some crackers. Mm, man, I but used so much cheese in my lasagna today. <laughs> oh my god! No, it was like, my pleasure. It was good. It was it was good being back on the show. Lots yeah, of fun. It's been a while. Der- was Demolition Man the last time? Yep, yep. That was the, that that before our. Um, Roundtable or top ten or top ten uh, blah, 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 top thirty first time yes. scenes. Your episode was the longest episode. So we, <laughs> we went over three hours talking about Demolition Man and whatever else we talked about. Uh, it was uh, Time Bandits. Time ah oh, Time Bandits. Yeah. I totally forgot we re- we reviewed that. That's a good one. Um, 
that's another one I watched a shitload when I was a kid. Anyway, um, so next week, baseball movies again. And sir, thank you again. Thank you. Uh, you're going to say it with me this week. And <laughs> until next week, and not for Jake, but for Zom, uh, this is Loaf Oot. McLeod Huge. Oot. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>